Hey, hello! This is Professor Game, where we interview successful practitioners of games, gamification, and game thinking, who bring us the best of their experiences to get ideas, insights, and inspiration to help us in the process of getting students to learn what we teach. And I'm Rob Alvarez. I work at IE Business School Publishing, where we create interactive and engaging learning materials. So, hello, engagers, and here we are back again with Tony Chan. Did I get that last name right, Tony? Yep. Some people say Chang with the G, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's Chan with a it's just C H A N. That's cool. So Tony Chan is the host and creator of the Game Dev Loadout. He has interviewed over 70 game industry professionals to empower his listeners with the motivation and tactics for a successful game development career. Hmm. He led a team of three to create and publish a mobile game called Finding Leo. And who's Leo? Well, he is a is a two year old dog named Leo who is hyperactive and, he, and Tony owns him and he also has a wife, a six month baby girl and lots of stuff going on in his life. So Tony, are you ready to engage? Yes, I am. Let's do this. Good stuff, Tony. So let's get started with a very simple and very typical question, which is how does a regular day with, with Tony look like? So I'm a really productive guy, so the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I write in my journal to plan out my day and confirm my uh, affirmations so I know what, what I need to do for the day and um, just remember that I, I got stuff to do and grateful in life. And then, of course, you know, I got to eat breakfast to get that energy. <laughs> and then I work on podcasting, which is uh, what Rob just mentioned on Game Dev Loadout, where I either, like, find new guests, edit the audio, market it on social media, etc., um, usually my wife hands me the baby afterwards and so I have to watch her and it's really hard to do anything when you have a kid so I, I really suggest if you're trying to do a lot of stuff just just hold off on that <laughs> um, so when yeah when I take care of my baby I just usually read her book or just play toys with her um, oh it was great it's like I'm reading a book called Blood Sweat and Pixels by Jason who's the editor at Kotoku and I highly recommend it if you want to learn more of what companies go through when they're uh, making games like crunch times and, and layoffs um yeah and then i end the day off well I, I exercise as well i you know i think health is really important and i you know i want to live a long healthy life and so i exercise for an hour each day uh each weekday i should say and then uh yeah i finish off by writing in my journal of the things i completed and what i do and i go to sleep yeah <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very well-rounded experience Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You got—it's all about being productive and being ready for the next days. Absolutely. So now we want to get a bit deeper into your story, Tony. We love stories here, and we love learning from our guests what their experiences have been like. And I want you to tell us the story of the worst application of game development that you've participated in. And we want—we want to know one where you've participated, and not just seen from the outside, because we want to know the real story, the raw stuff, the the deep stuff. If it has anything to do with a company you don't want to name, please feel free to not name the company. But we really want to get into the story and we want to go into the key learnings from that. So take it away. So here's the thing. Uh, I always want to be a game developer. And the problem is that when I got to college and I went to computer programming, I absolutely sucked at it. <laughs> and <laughs> I, tried, like, I tried learning Python. I tried learning C++, a C Sharp. And uh, I just couldn't get a handle on it. And so, like, right then and there, my dream to join the game industry just ended because I, I felt like I was a failure. I couldn't do nothing. And 
uh, I can't. I sucked at art too, so I knew that I wasn't gonna be an artist, and so I just eventually got a market researching job. And you know, after three years of doing that, I felt uh, unfulfilled. I just felt like sad. I wasn't doing anything. And I read the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, and it gave me like the motivation to live like a happy life, a, a life that I want to live. And it taught me about outsourcing, which I never thought of before. But it's extremely easy to do. So when I learned about outsourcing, I learned uh, I immediately hired a programmer and artist to work on the game called Finding Leo. And I think that's probably the one, maybe the worst mistake or just the hardest challenge I had to face because uh, I hired people in the Middle East to help me work on the game. And so they, communication was extremely tough. Um, I didn't know how to work on a game, and I was already hiring people to to uh, help me develop a game. So, mm. like, I, I didn't have no game design document. I, I didn't have like a, 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 a well thought out scope in order to make the game. Like, I didn't have no deadlines or milestones. So, I came in, in making this game and spending money on it uh, with no kind of plan in place. And so, that was a huge mistake on my part. And I spent, and of course, when you have a wife and and that you know want to go out all the time or, or do this and that she got mad at me for like spending money so it was like <laughs> a financial problem as well uh so I, I think i spent at least 3k on making finding leo and it took over a year back and forth with the developer and artist to make this game and it, it's tough like making a game even a small mobile game can be extremely tough to make so so just managing a team overseas and the time zone difference and so like there was a few days where I stayed up past midnight to talk with my developers to make this game. And, of course, I got work the next day. And so I was, like, extremely tired uh, to do my regular work. Like, <laughs> when uh, my coworker used to videotape me falling asleep during work because I was just so tired. <laughs> so, it, it, that's, that's how I was. But the thing is, here, here's the thing. I, I was really committed to making this game because making a game was always my dream. It was always my dream. So I, I, I didn't want to... Uh, just I, I didn't want to stop like I, I wanted to keep going I wanted to make this game and it, it, it happened like Finding Leo was released uh, last October and I you know although it wasn't a huge success or any success at all I just I felt a huge accomplishment of I, I was able to manage the team from overseas to make this game and my dream was always to make a game and I finally got a game published and that's a, that's a great thing to say like not many game developers uh complete a game and publish it into the world and i was able to do that and the game that i created like it it's called finding leo and it's like a hiding seek kind of game where you have to find uh, an animal picture uh, on the screen and it felt it played good it felt good and it, it just to me it was a success for me personally because i was just able to make a game and so the biggest problem was like i said going in without a plan and, and spending money. So you don't want to do that. You want to have a scope. You want to create a, a game design document is what people call it, uh, of all the milestones, all the things you want to include in the game. And, of course, you have to make sure everyone has the same vision as you because one of the things we kept running into is, like, I kept wanting to add all these different features in the game. And um, uh, my programmer and, and artist, like, saying that, well, you know, we can't do this. It's just too much work, and, and we, we don't have the budget to do that and so it was a constant battle and constant communication but yeah it, it just uh going in without a plan was was probably the biggest mistake i did <laughs> <laughs> and looking back tony um i'm sure that you would have done it anyway in, in the sense that you learned a lot from it and it brought you a lot of of purpose to to what you were doing 
But looking back, what would you have done differently? What would you have done in, in a, a approach in a different manner to, to have either more success or to have to made the process easier for you? One thing is, of course, to, to have a plan. Like, always have a plan in place with a budget in mind. You Because the finance part, it can be a killer. Like, if you're a take care of a family or something, so you want to think about your finance and how you plan to spend the money. And then you want to... One thing that I did was the communication. It has to be used like Slack or something or Trello because we didn't have any communication in place for the team to communicate. Like we kept just communicating on Skype, which wasn't enough because, you know, we have to send files to each other and stuff like that. So you want to pick a software where you can easily share files and easily communicate like Trello. And I learned that at the end. So uh, definitely pick a software that just makes communication much, much easier where you can share files and talk to each other. Um Yeah, having finance did, in place. Did, did, did you did you ever consider starting by making that game without technology? How would it have worked somehow? Was there something you could do without, like I don't know, like a sort of a board game or something similar? No, I, I no, I don't think I ever thought. Like I just wanted to make a, a, a game, <laughs> so I just I just I just went all in for it, and that's a cool. mistake. Like you know, I let my uh, excitement get get the best of me, and I, I just didn't plan. And another thing is, do not add too many features um pick a feature get it tested get feedback because i didn't do that like i didn't when i when i picked the feature i just went all in and on it but the best way to do it is to get user feedback so one thing i suggest is when you have an idea create a prototype go to local communities or go to game jams or stuff like that to get it tested and see if it works Yeah. And once you find an idea that works then you could uh, develop for it so definitely it User testing is important. Amazing. That's amazing. And engagers, always keep in mind, especially since you will probably be using it in your classrooms or in your educational programs, that you have to think about it. And you have to, you, 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 even if you're going to make something huge and you're going to make it for your whole course, you probably want to start small. You want to check something out and see if it's working, test it out with your students, see if, it, if it's, as Tony was saying, if it's relevant for them and see how it can help them in their learning. So you, the, the thing that I would t like to take away from this, Tony, is actually testing it with your audience, with the people you're going to use it with. And in the case of education, it could be with your learners, it could be with your, with your clients, if you're teaching this to some, some clients, and see if it's working. Maybe, maybe test it out, maybe, maybe do some market research on how, how they behave, what is it what, that you want them to do, and test out things, see how it goes, and, and then dive into it a bit deeper. Yeah, you never want to make a game and never get it user tested because if you make a game and you actually complete it and publish it, but you never got to test it to see if the audience like it or not, you're taking a huge risk that people are just not going to like it in general and, and or go past it. So that, they, that's what happened with Finding Leo, actually. They, I never, I didn't market it or I didn't get it user tested as much as I should have. And I think it just it just fell out in the market. And, and not only that, you know, more making mobile game it's hard to get discovered but anyway you just you just want to build up that audience for your game and get user feedback and uh and get it tested so you know what works and what grabs people's attention hmm. exactly and tony now we want to shift to another story a very different one and we would like to know what's the biggest challenge that you've you faced uh, in game development and actually gone through it with a lot of success with or with the success that you you feel was what you were expecting from it Tell us, tell us that story, how you, you faced that challenge and what you did. Yeah, I still, I, I believe finally it was still my success, <laughs> even though it, it failed when I launched it. And it's because I did something I love. Like, I, I had passion for it. I really love, 
remember, originally, I didn't think I could, uh, I could make a game. And here I am with no programming skills, no art skills, and I was able to release a game. Like, I, hmm. I led a team of three to make this game happen. So I think, like, if you're really passionate about it, and uh, you just got to do things. Like, I've been, like, doing a lot of shift in my life. Like, for example, to be more productive, like, I, I did a lot of things, and as in... I stopped playing games as much. Like I don't play video games as much anymore. I don't hang out with my friends as much anymore. And like I'm reading a ton of books now to mm. just self improve. And so uh, you you have to make changes and sacrifice if you want to get, get something you're passionate about it done. To me, so that's how I was able to get Finding Leo done. That's how I was able to get the podcasting done. Like all the money that I've been saving uh, from like from not going out anymore, I invested in myself. Uh, to make something I love. And so like right now the podcast, it it's I I got over seventy interviews with amazing guests, such as Rob too. I just interviewed him. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so I, I've been able to network with so many amazing people and that's because I invested. And uh if you're into games and or in gamification as well, you want to go to this conference to network with people. Like that's the best thing you could do is network with other people and build that meaningful relationship. And I recently went to the Austin Game Conference, and that's it. Just it ignited my excitement for for the game industry. Like I <laughs> wanted to join the game industry even more, and that's why, like right now, I'm in the process of working on my resume and cover letter to go join Austin and, and uh, join the game industry over there. And uh, one of my one of the people I interview is helping me make my resume and and cover letter. So see, the, right there is the networking is already paying off, and so. I'm making a name for myself out there doing podcasting. Uh, I, I have credibility that I, I know how to manage a team at least to at least finish and publish a game. So I, I'm like building myself up. That's, and that's, that's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. And that's what, what, what I would take from, from that story is, is you never know if you start on a path and, and you, you take it, you make up your mind and you say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get through this with my, to my classroom and, and you stick to it. And you, of course, there's, if you're going to get something new into your classroom, there's probably something that has to go or there's some things that you have to change. So, so that's, in a way, the sacrifices that I would see that, that Tony was mentioning. You want to change something, you, you try to go with it, you test it out, and it's going to take you through a path. And you're going to have, even if, even if nothing else, you're going to learn something new and you're going to learn what didn't work. So you're going to be able to test something, some other thing and see what works. And that's the fundamental thing I would like to take from that story. Test out you know have your have your ideas test them out go through with them and you know it's gonna take you somewhere you're you're going and if it's something that you're passionate about for sure i mean with many of the engagers i'm sure that you've you've been passionate about video games and the video game industry and you want to implement a gamification in your classroom because of that because you think games can make a difference in, in people's lives so stick to it uh, you know you know think about it read about it make some some even even the small sacrifices council that you can you can get through with with your with your project and get into the, your classroom and you'll see amazing results with your students. Yeah, and do not give up. Like if if you change your perspective on how failure uh, failures actually improve you and stuff like giving up, it it just makes you a whole a better person. Like you you want to keep improving. You want to keep. Uh, iterating on your progress and make it better and better each time. So yeah, failures is just a part of the process. So see that as a learning experience and not as like a, a discouragement or something to, exactly. to give up. Just, just like in games. I mean, if you lose life, it's just that you lose a life, you get another one, you respawn and you, and you get back 
and now you know how to go through that level or you have a better idea of what not to do and you test something new until you until you find it and you're you're going to be successful you're going to you're going to beat the boss <laughs> of that level and you're going to go to the next level and you'll find new challenges new interesting things that are going to keep you engaged into your into your journey so thanks a lot for that tony that was a very interesting story and i would like to know if you have any process that you follow when you when you when you develop a, a game when you develop finding leo or or if you were going to develop a new game do you have any process that you would you would say you follow for for creating a game yeah definitely uh i always want to start small so if i'm when i'm making my second game which i plan to do soon is it, just think of a small idea think of something that i really enjoyed uh, having fun and and making that into like a mini game or a small game and so once i find that uh game i'll create a, a gdd a, a game design document that will have everything that i want in the game and and just keep it at that like i don't want to add too many features just focus on one uh main feature and have i guess all the mechanics towards that uh, main feature and so a GDD, and then I will get uh, some feedback from my mentors or or just people in general. I say, hey, what, what do you think about this idea? How does it look on paper? Like, uh, you know, that's the thing. You don't even have to create a video game prototype in order to get feedback on it. You could create like a paper of of the game that you're thinking about and get feedback on that. So you don't even have to spend money. You just uh, show paper, show people early on what you're trying to do. And so I would definitely get user feedback. And once I get like the okay from my mentors or from people like what they really enjoyed, what they like, then I start creating a game, uh, hiring the right people. And that's another th tough thing of uh, finding the right people. Because you know, I, he I hear stories of people bailing out or people not having the same vision. Like when you hire someone, you, you, it has to be the right person. And so, and that takes time as well. You know, you're gonna have to fire people or you're gonna have to work with other people. So that just takes time until you find the right person. So. I go out there, find the right person, and yeah, just start working on the game, uh, keep on uh, getting user feedback and improving on it, and then uh, marketing is definitely important, so I would always every day, not every day, but like uh, I guess every week, I would post something about my game, my progress, uh, what, just like to tease the audience of the game or to give them an update of what I'm doing so they never uh, lose sight, I guess, you know, what was the word like i think out of sight out of mind or something like that <laughs> like if, if if they don't see it often enough they're gonna forget about it and so you want marketing is really important in video games like even if you make the best game in the world if no one knows about it it's you're not gonna make any money or get attention on it so you definitely i would definitely market my game early on and uh yeah just once it's done i release it uh, market it, launch it, tell everybody about the game that is out, and um, yeah, and hope for, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's an interesting way. It's a very good way to see it. Start small. Start with something small, as we were we were talking about before. Test it with your with your audience, with your learners. See how it's working. Improve on that, and and then you go, you can build up on that and and have it in future in future lives and future respawnings. And and in in the classroom, it's very easy. In, in a way, because you have a classroom this year or this uh, period or this trimester, and the next period you'll have another class, so you can test it again with new people, or you can have you're gonna have a new cohort of people coming into your to your to your class, and you'll be able to test new things and and to be making sure that you're improving all the time your your project, your idea, your 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 hopefully gamification in your in your educational setting. Oh, one story I do want to mention, like. It's not really gamification, but games, it actually taught me how to read. Like, I was a, a bad reader back in, in 
uh, second grade. Like, I did not know how to read for some reason from a book. And so Final Fantasy VII changed all that. Like, Final Fantasy VII... It's, you know, it's a JRPG that has a ton of dialogue. And so I read, like, every word one by one, and that game taught me how to read. And so, I, I, yeah, I just want to point that out there. Like, it's just games have a huge positive impact on me and on uh, the world as well. So it's something that uh, I, I really like to encourage. I, I saw, I'm, I'm from Latin America, so I, I'm originally a Spanish speaker. And uh, especially in Latin America, not so much here in Spain, but people... <laughs> There was this, this meme of a guy saying with a video game controller in his hand showing it and saying, um, teaching people how to speak English better than any English teacher since the 80s. <laughs> and, and it's actually true. I mean, I have friends who literally, literally never had English classes and they have an amazing level of English and they only learned it through using video games. So there's an absolute, completely incredible impact that video games can have in our lives and and this is one of the ways that it can have an impact so tony i want to go to the second part of the interview here we're expecting quicker more straightforward answers before it was all about the story right now i want to i want to get quick tips tools and tactics that we can use in our, in our everyday when when creating uh, gamified experiences or, or games in our game-based learning for our classes so tony name one best practice for game development user feedback you gotta get user feedback Definitely, that's a, that's a fundamental. What's your favorite game? At the moment, it was Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. My my gosh, that game is amazing. So I definitely recommend playing that game if you have a Switch. If you could get a Switch. <laughs> definitely, I I've been playing Zelda since the, the the first one. So that that one I didn't get to. I didn't get to the Switch, but all the ones that all the Nintendos I had, I definitely played Zelda. So a big plug yeah. for for the Zelda creators. And also, um, yeah. like the Nintendo, they're just they're so great developers. You can also gamification. I guess uh, Brain Age would be a great game to play. I used to play that game all the time. Brain Age, have you played that? Nope, haven't heard or of it. Or the yes, where it, you know it tracks your, I guess your mental. It's like a mental exercise where they uh, test you in your mathematics and algebra mm. and, and reading stuff. So uh, it, it made learning. You make learning fun. <laughs> like yeah. you, there's Sudoku, uh, Sudoku too, which is a great learning. It's like a great puzzle too. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Tony, after having Tony Chan in Professor Game, who would you like to be to to listen to interviewed in this podcast in Professor Game? <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be awesome if you get Shigeru Miyamoto in Nintendo. <laughs> Even though he speaks <laughs> Japanese, but if you get like a translator or someone to get him. Because I'm pretty sure he has a lot to say about gamification. Like, Oof. he knows about games. And so if you could get that legend on your show, that would be amazing. Wow, that, that's a big shot. So we're going to go for it. <laughs> Not right now, for sure. Um, engagers, you have to help us get a huge audience <laughs> and have incredible guests. And someday, for sure, we will, we will, we will get that. So yeah. Nintendo, we're after you. You know that. <laughs> Just living it out there in the universe. Anybody of you have any contact that can get us through to one of those guys? It's very, very welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, what book would you like to recommend to the engagers, Tony? The One Thing by Gary Keller. That is, yeah, the one thing, it taught me how to be more uh, productive. And so you know, it teaches you how to focus on uh, the one thing that brings you the most results and how to stay focused on that one thing. And so highly recommend that book if you want to start being more productive in life yeah and i haven't read the book i've heard about it a lot but engagers if if you can you're able to focus on that main thing 
it, it it's very liberating because you realize and there's this this Pareto rule of 80-20 that you know 20% of what you do gets you 80% of your results so if you're capable yeah. of actually focusing just in that 20% and that that reflects as well in your classroom 20% of what you what you do in your class is what gets 80% of the, of the of the learning for your for your students so maybe finding out what that 20% is and focusing laser laser focusing on that to, to get a lot more for your for your learnings to, learners to get them to learn a lot more to get them to understand better what you're saying and and, and getting through whatever you, it is you want to get through in your to your students that's probably a, a, an important thing getting that laser focus for for the for the main things and and gamification can be one of those things that can help you in that process what would you say is your 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 superpower in in game development tony I think uh, right now, it's, it's, to me, it's teaching. Like, I, I'm a, basically, since I'm a podcaster, I'm a, a messenger of all the great people in the industry. And so I feel like my my power right now is spreading the message that the game industry is just an awesome uh, place to work in or to be a part of. There's so many great things coming out. The gamification is, is awesome as well. We got VR, AR, um, HoloLens is coming out. And so there's it's just so many great things uh, to come and I, I want to just let the world know that a game and it, it's a powerful medium and uh, it's you know it, it has a lot of positive impact as well such as like the charity events by extra life or and people donating millions of dollars and thousands of dollars and so uh, yeah my surprise is definitely uh, spreading the message that's awesome that's very important and that's what we try to do here as well in professor game we we try to learn from from other people who have been there who have done that so that we can when t we can take it back and use it to to teach whatever it is we're we're teaching right now so thanks for that tony uh keep going it out there you're you're we'll, we'll be towards the end we'll be putting out your your podcast but just to give an advance it's game dev loadout i have to say i was also interviewed in that podcast and i had a lot of fun so so be sure to keep an eye on that and if you if you dig video games and creating video games, it's definitely a must listen, uh, engagers. So mm -hmm. Tony, um, we are going to have now a random question from the audience. I know you're not the typical gamification designer, but I'm sure you can you can try and, and solve this this issue that somebody has in his classroom through using games. Okay, are you ready? All right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Um, this question is from Betty. She, she gives uh, language classes. So she's asking about, you know, all the past tense, present tense, future tense, etc. When you're teaching it in the classroom, she feels that it can be rather boring for students. Do you have any, any recommendation of how you could use a game or how you, you could create a game or, or a gamification solution to, to make a class about learning all the verbs in, in, in English or, or whatever language, something a bit more engaging, a, a little more exciting and fun for students? Oh yeah, I think one game that taught me about verbs or, or adjective was it was a zombie game back in the days where if you type in a word word it kills the zombie. <laughs> so maybe if she could think of something where where players are engaging in typing the words constantly or are writing down the words and killing monsters or destroying monsters for loot maybe uh, or some for some kind of award maybe that could help uh, get them more engaged and to learn faster too. I think the more engaged you get the players and the more fun they're having, the easier it is for them to learn. And they will want to go back and learn more and more uh, different words. And so maybe a game where they could type out the words or the verbs or the language you're trying to teach them. And so like when they type out the words and then it says the word 
through the computer and then it, like I guess it processes into the the student's head. So maybe yeah, just create a game where they type it out or write it down or something, and maybe that that could work. That's super cool. <laughs> I actually uh, you were we were telling that that that, the, that those insights, and I was thinking about how I learned how to type in the computer faster. You know, you, you, it's easy to type. You just look at the letters and you type the letter. But of course, doing it faster is a different challenge. So there was this game. It had some characters from the Lion King. I'm not sure which ones they were. Um, I'm trying. To, I'm not sure which ones they were. But the things that you were typing and they were running around and they were jumping the monsters and all the things that were coming coming up into the screen. And of course, it helps a lot because you're you're not you're, you're like not thinking about learning all the letters. You're actually doing it to to do something. And when you give it a purpose, what you're learning, uh, it it makes it a lot easier. So so thanks for that, Tony. That was a very very insightful solution, a very creative idea. Yeah, like in, in the zombie game, you know, if the zombies get too close to you, like they're slowly walking towards you. So of course, when they get closer and closer, you want to kill the zombie that's closest to you. And so when you type in that word, yeah, you you save yourself from getting eaten or something. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just try to create something where it's just more, more engaging, more fun, and you know, people they love feeling the reward when they kill something, or, or I said <laughs> kill something, but like when they. Uh, slay a monster or something it's just rewarding to get something after that so yeah that, that, that could work you could try that <laughs> absolutely absolutely and well tony we're almost over uh, but we want to get some quick advice for listeners who have never used game gamification or games game-based learning for their class what would you advise them what what, what would you tell them to, to to encourage them to use it in their classes yeah, so like I said earlier, I think gamification is a great way to get uh, people involved and to teach them. Like for me, school was just absolutely boring, and so I think if there was, if they somehow gamify it, uh, I, I would definitely learn much faster, much better. So I would say to uh, definitely, you know, when you're making a gamification, you got to get user feedback, um, get it tested a lot, especially strangers. Strangers are usually the best feedback. So uh, ask strangers to. Uh, what they think about your game um, yeah and, and when you're making gamification try to make it as social like people love working together people love engaging uh, and talking with each other so if you're making gamification try to make it like a teamwork or a team effort type of game I think that's to me the, the best way to get people engaged in gamification that's awesome thank you very much Tony so the last question is, how can we connect with you? Give us whatever you want, your social media or any way that we can connect with you. And then we'll say game over. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate uh, Rob for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, you can check me out at gameduffloadout.com. Uh, you know, I'm on iTunes, Overcast, and you can check out my show notes of all the guests that I talk about. Because, like, I, I love giving out resources, valuable content that will help my uh, listeners uh, just to make better games in general. So, th yeah, definitely you can check out my website. Uh, you could feel free to contact me at Tony at GameDevLoadout.com. You know, I love uh, helping people out and just giving back to the community. So if you have any questions at all, uh, feel free to hit me up. And, yeah, I'm at Twitter, at Facebook, at uh, GameDevLoadout. So, yeah, er everything GameDevLoadout, <laughs> you, you can find me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show, and I hope y'all learned something. And one thing, so one of my biggest motto is uh, knowledge is only potential power. Execution is the game. So you know, I'm happy that I'm out, I'm out here giving this message. But I hope that you actually take action on it and, and do something with the information. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Tony, and we'll see you next time. It's game over. Ding <laughs> ding. Hey. 
Engagers, thank you very much for listening to Professor Game Podcast. If you want more interviews with incredible guests like Tony Chan and lots of awesomeness from Professor Game, then go to professorgame.com slash subscribe and get started into our email list. That way, we can be in contact and you will be the first to know of any opportunities that Professor Game might have for you. And before you go into your next mission, would you like to know how Monica Cornetti found out about gamification? Well, listen to the next episode of Professor Game. See you there!